Oma Gyanati Mirandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chakshurumilitam Yenatasmi Shri Gurave Namaha Namaum Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Swami Shri Bhakti Vedanta Prabhuparayate Namaha Oravagyam Shirasidajam Shaktyavesha Swarupine Hare Krishna Timantena Paschacha Prachadarene Vishvacharja Prabhajaja Dibhyakarunya Murtaye Shri Bhagavata Madhudya Gita Gyana Pradayane Gaura Shirupa Siddhanta Saraswati Nishevine Radha Krishna Padamboja Vringaya Guruve Namaha Devam Dibhidanum Suchanavaranam Balaka Chelanchitam Sandranandapuram Sadeka Varanam Vairagya Vidyam Budim Shisidhantinidhim Subhaktilasitam Saraswatanam Varam Pandetam Subadam Madeka Sharanam Nyasishvaram Shidharam Shri Guri Vaishnav Guru Paramparaki Jai Harinam Prabhuki Jai Shri Jagannath Swami Shri Balabhadra Shri Subhadra Maharani ki jai, si rata yatra mela ki jai, ko bhakta vrinda ki jai, ko pramani So these upcoming evenings, at least through Wednesday, today is Sunday, I'm going to read a little bit from the 14th chapter of Madhilila, Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is deep within the Ratiyatra, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes in Jagannath Puri, very deep within the inner significance of Ratiyatra. Can we read a little bit and discuss some of the things we discuss? They may come up again when a larger number of devotees come, and some of the things we discuss may serve as building blocks for other discussions coming this weekend. Of course, there will be a number of devotees. We have a list of about 50 devotees who have said they're coming, and then Balabhatirtha Maharaj will come on Saturday with about 20 devotees. So, somewhere between 50 and maybe 75 devotees we're expecting. And some of them are leading devotees from other institutions, like Bhakti Balabhatirtha Maharaj, who is the successor of Bhakti Daiti Mahadav Maharaj, Sapu Bhakti Saraswati Thakur who was a, uh, preached widely in India after the disappearance of Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta. So Balabhatirtha Maharaj, his disciple and successor, has been preaching, as some of you may know, for a number of years in India, and in more recent years he's been touring also in Western countries. And I know him, and he asked me to write for his magazine repeatedly, and so we have a cordial relationship and some Sannyasis from International Society for Krishna Consciousness will be coming. Jaidvita Swami, who is the long-standing editor of the Godhead magazine and one editor that Prabhupada trusted the most. And Sripad Radhanath Swami of New Vrindavan fame and uh, many things to be said about him also. He is a Sahaja Vaishnav, a natural Vaishnav who uh, was living as a Gaudiya Vaishnava in Vrindavan before he met Prabhupada. 
So many things to be said about him also. Shripad Bhaktibhava and Vishnu Maharaj, who's godbrother of mine, I've known for many, many years, and who is the principal chief uh, associate of Bhakti Gauravana Singha Maharaj. Singha Maharaj is in India, so he could not attend, but Vishnu Maharaj will be coming. So we'll hear from all of them, hopefully. They'll be willing to share some insights with us. And I expect to elaborate on a brief introduction that I've given here for all of them and take advantage of an opportunity to speak sweetly and kindly about such Vaishnavas. That's one of the reasons that we're here at Audarja. When I was in ISKCON, I was commissioned by Prabhupada to travel widely, and I traveled very, very widely, far and wide. It's said that the fame of a sannyasi is in fame or standing is increased by the extent to which he travels. <laughs> so most sannyasis do their share of that. Nowadays I sit here seemingly in a recluse type of a situation, but that's only in disguise. We're reaching out all over the world through the Brihat Murdanga. But when I was younger in Iskand, I traveled extensively, and I was never attached to any particular temple because in the early days, and I was in living in the mountains in Santa Cruz when I joined Prabhupada's mission, and I met some devotees who had been who were traveling there. I already had my head shaved and was wearing a dhoti and chanting and preaching from the Krishna book to people. But I didn't know how to join. I had met the devotees a couple of times, so these fellows came through and they heard about me, so they came and recruited me, and I was more than willing to join. Shortly after, they took me to see Prabhupada, who had arrived in Los Angeles, and I spent a couple of years there. And from there, uh, even while I was there as a resident of New Dwarka, I was sent out to London, and before I had taken sannyas into Chicago and New York and Australia, such places for preaching. And then it was in 1972 to 1970, 1971, I think, to 1974. In 1974, I was invited to come to India by Prabhupada for the festival, and he gave me some instructions at that time. And anyway, I traveled then from then on very widely, and next year I took sannyas and continued my travels and so forth. So by and large, the point is that I was not attached to any particular temple, which is good, but I like to also worship the deity, and it wasn't always possible, because in the temples they had the set pujaris, and persons like myself were only visiting, so it was hard to get some seva of the deity. And this is what we should always keep our eye open for, not for Krishna, but for seva. People ask sometimes, where is Krishna? And our answer should be, Krishna is everywhere. But what's not everywhere is service to Krishna. That's much more rare commodity and that we should keep our eye open for. Because if we have an eye for serving Krishna, then we can get real standing in relation to him, otherwise not. So, was not so much opportunity to serve the deity and what to speak of hosting Vaishnavas. So I always wanted to have the opportunity to do that, but I 
I never imposed anything upon Prabhupada. I only did what I was asked or told or tried to figure out what might be wanted of me. And so I had that kind of a spiritual desire, but I more or less kept it within. And by providence, my circumstances changed, and I found myself in a position to go anywhere and under orders to start something myself. Sridhar Maharaj, Om Vishnupad Bhaktiraka Sridhar Swami Maharaj, told me that when I asked for some service, he said, he said, you know everything, Swami Maharaj, Prabhupada has told you everything, you should go and do something for him. And I'll be in the background if you need any help. So then I could go anywhere <laughs> to do something for Prabhupada. And so in circumstances like that, you don't always know whether to turn left or right. Prabhupada himself said that about his own arrival in America when he touched the foot on the shores of the Boston Harbor. Like also Prabhupada said, for the first couple of years I was experimenting with the holy name by giving it out and seeing what would happen to people. And then that's how he spread his movement. He followed that, the lead of that. He gave the holy name of Krishna to people with some level of shraddha, that he felt confident about, comfortable with, and then it reacted. Krishnanam reacted and took charge, and Prabhupada followed the lead through the hearts of his disciples where the effect of Krishnanam was manifesting, and one temple appeared here and there, another one, and devotees were sent this place, that place, and another place, so many places. Just near her, of course, San Francisco is one of those places and a prominent place. And so, not to make comparisons, but just uh, externally speaking, there is some comparison to my situation starting anew. And so, I wasn't sure whether to turn left or right. And I tried a few different things and went a few different directions. And with regard to starting something in terms of opening a temple and having a place to facilitate and host Vaishnavas, as I mentioned. But in the context of that, I was always riding because... As you know, I was instrumental in assisting Prabhupada in the distribution of his books, and so that was always very dear to me. And when I found myself in a new situation outside of ISKCON, we weren't at that time allowed to buy any books from ISKCON. They wouldn't sell us any. Things have changed, of course, but those were difficult times. So it is said that necessity is the mother of invention, so I really in- invented so to speak, the self that I am today that you all know to a large extent inasmuch as I began to write and many of you have come to know me through what I've written. I never had any training in writing or any experience, but again, necessity is the mother of invention and I thought if we can't buy books, Prabhupada's books to sell, then we'll have to create some books that represent that conception. So we began and began writing Larry Cole Magazine was the first, and then I had written Rasa by the time, just as Brindaranya came and joined me, and she wanted to edit it in the manuscript form. I think I was almost finished with it. She wanted to try to edit it. She didn't know anything about editing, but Krishna sent her, Prabhupada sent her to, to assist me in that, so she created the editorial department and schooled herself in, in editing and so forth. So the books were manifesting, and meanwhile I was going here and there trying to find a a good location. I didn't know if I should start many temples, or if I had the capacity to, or or one, or or what. But by and large, over time, I came to 
the realization that I could best serve the community of Vaishnavas, which is growing all the time, of course, internationally, by writing. Because I feel I, I have a particular approach to the writing and to the tradition that no one else is doing. Not that it's better or, or anything, but it's a, a niche or a, a hole to be filled. And so, by providence, I came to that position and I penetrated on it, thought about it, and realized more the significance of it, thought I should situate myself in a serene environment that corresponded with my writing, that would make sense to people who read my writing when they came there. Oh, he lives here, this makes sense. And again, almost in a bigger way than when I initially left this gun, I realized I could go anywhere. So I picked this place and... It's similar to where I joined, which is just south of San Francisco in the Santa Cruz Mountains in the Redwoods. But it's overpopulated there and too expensive, so I came here. And here, again, this is a long way to make a point, I guess, but some history is maybe useful for some of you that haven't heard it. Part of my reasoning about this place was that it would be an ideal place to host Vaishnavas, to serve the deity and host Vaishnavas, and from which to propagate through writing the Gaudiya Vaishnava conclusions. So, those of you who have been here in Bhutavas, for example, you were here last week, you can see things are developing gradually along those lines. We have now a small temple room and a nice seva puja for Gaurnitananda, and we've had a number of gatherings mostly of persons who are closely associated with me. And also many guests are coming here and there, like the two of you are coming and spending some time. But now we're about to hold this festival in conjunction with Ratha Yatra, in which many devotees will be coming, and from different institutions, as I mentioned. And probably some people will come that I don't even know and never met before, although I'm trying to limit the number of people that come because we have limited facilities and I don't want to alarm the county here, but I'm sure some people will come that we have never met before. And some of my God brothers who I've known for many years are coming, and many more would come and would have come if I had planned this out a little bit more and sent out formal invitations well in advance and so forth. I didn't do that, although the kind of festival we're going to have is something I wanted to do for quite some time, and that is to have a festival in relation to the Ratayatra and particularly the Rathayatra here in San Francisco. The Rathayatra here in San Francisco is very dear to me. It's the first Rathayatra that I ever attended that I can remember. And although it feels like I've been there before every time I go, but that's the nature of going home like the God did. It's like being in a place where we belong, so it's like home. But I first attended the Rathayatra, I believe, in 1972, and, and of course... Other than that, this is the first place that the Rathayatra manifests itself, the first place that Jagannath Swami manifests himself in terms of formal worship and in a big way in terms of performing his Rathayatra, that matter, outside of India. So it's a very extraordinary place, historical place, and so I have many sentiments, feelings for the Rathayatra here and when in the years that I attended, the early years, 1972 and 73 and 74, 75, of those years, I believe in, in 74 and 75, Prabhupada also attended. 72 and 73, I went, he didn't attend. But 
many, many, many people came. And we didn't have anything going on at that time, any type of entertainment or anything other than the distribution of prasadam and the chanting of the Holy Name and, of course, procession, leading Jagannath, Subhadra and Balabhadra on their fabulous chariots. We didn't even have a very clear understanding of what Ratiyatra was all about in terms of its esoteric significance. But we entered into that to some extent. And so, while theoretical knowledge of such things may be useful, help us to orient ourselves to do bhajan worship such that we can access and enter into the reality of that realm of the Lord's Leela. The fact of the matter is, even if we don't have the theoretical knowledge, but we have a sincere heart and apply ourselves, all things can manifest. All the truths of Rathiyatra or any Leela can fully manifest within our heart. They're all fully present in the holy name of Krishna. So sincerity of heart is, and some innocence and simplicity is, is all important. The great famous Gopakumar of Brihat Bhagavatamrita, as you may know, spent some time in Jagannath Puri, and he was rather almost a jungle person, a cowherd person himself, a cowherder, with not much knowledge or understanding of even worldly things, what to speak of spiritual insights of the sophisticated Brahmins who studied the Vedas and so forth, but he was fortunate to receive the Gopal Mantra and he took it to heart. He arrived in Puri at some point in his spiritual sojourn. He spent some time there where the deity of Jagannath is said to be Brahman in the form of wood appearing on the shores of the ocean and who's famous for eating for eating, but not only for eating, for eating in a mystical way. Lakshmi Devi herself cooks for him there in Jagannath Puri. She may have many assistants, but she's the driving force behind the cooking, as Radha is the best of cooks, blessed in that way by Durvas of Vrindavan. Her cooking is such that because Krishna eats that cooking in the morning, before going out cowherding. Therefore, he's successful in all of his battles with the various demons that Kamsa sends. This is the reasoning of Jashodamai. Her cooking is so tasteful, so sweet, and so spiritually potent. Lakshmi, of course, is her partial expansion. Cooking for Jagannath in Jagannath Puri Dham, which represents Dwaraka, Mathura, and also in relation to Ratayatra, Kurukshetra, and Vrindavan. So a very, very special place. Gopukumar stayed there, worshipping the deity, Brahman, Supreme Brahman in wood, appearing in wood, as if in wood, who eats sumptuously, but not only eats the food that Lakshmi cooks, but distributes it widely. This is the meaning of Prashad, because he eats everything that she cooks. It's that good. And with such devotion it's cooked, that he eats every morsel, and still he distributes it profusely, widely, everywhere, to anyone and everyone. And it is so extraordinary, that prasad, that even if it's kept for days and weeks and months on end, its spiritual potency is never lost.
And devotees will keep that prasad and travel with that. And you can meet devotees today from distance from Jagannath Puri to a foreign land and they're carrying some Mahaprasad of Jagannath. And all the devotees will be very quick to take that. Not consider, oh, it's old or it's cold or what may be the case. So very famous for distribution of prasad. There, Gopukumar worshipped Jagannath. There, he thought that he had reached the fruit, attained the fruit of his mantra in the worship of Jagannath. He worshipped at Jagannath. He even became the king of Puri at one point because the king went to a distant place, was gone for some time. Somehow there was a need for a new king and it just happened that he had the marks on his hand and on his feet of someone who should be the king. So they made him the king of Jagannath Puri. And then he made arrangements for so many festivals, for worshipping Lord Jagannath and so forth. And even though he was a king, he kept his nature as a cowherd and worshipped him very casually. Mahaprabhu saw in Jagannath Shamsundar, Krishna, playing the flute. So this Jagannath is a very, very mystical deity. Jagannath Puri is, Sridharmarsh once described, the meeting of Vrindavan and Dwaraka, somewhere in between. He said, like a great train crash, two trains colliding head-on. This is how he described Jagannath Puri. And then you have Jagannath, like he was in an accident or something, <laughs> his form appearing as it does. But that is the train crash of different bhavas, different ecstatic moods. Krishna of Dwaraka, hearing of Vrindavan, the Vrindavan Leela, and transforming in ecstasy as a result of that. This is the idea of Jagannath Puri. So those who have the eyes to see can see also Vrindavan there, Gopukumar, chanting his mantra. He saw the ocean turn into the Jumuna, and as Mahaprabhu did also, saw the sand dunes turn into Govardhan, the gardens all along the roadside. When Jagannath comes out on Ratiyatra with those big eyes, he's looking on this side and that side and seeing the beautiful gardens. His mind is going to Vrindavan, intoxicated. And the devotees pulling the ropes, they're like pulling on the heartstrings, like gopis pulling on the heartstrings of Jagannath, dragging him down. He's Jagannath, means he's the Lord of the universe. In Dwaraka, everybody knows that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Everybody. It's wonderful that he's born in their dynasty and so forth. But they know he's the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But this Rathayatra is dragging him down off of his throne, Jagannath, bringing him amongst the common people. This is what the inhabitants of Vrindavan and the gopis in particular do to Krishna. They make him common. They make the Supreme Personality of Godhead a commoner like themselves. And it means they make him accessible. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is representing this Vrindavan. Therefore, he is making Krishna accessible like never before. Not only in quantity making him accessible, but in quality making him accessible. Giving access to him in his most intimate realm. Most intimate leelas, his most intimate thoughts are being revealed by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, the Ratyatra in Puri, very extraordinary place. Gopakumar, as I said, he thought he realized the fruit of his mantra. But his Gurudev appeared mystically in Puri, gave him darshan, then disappeared. And then he met him again along the banks of the ocean, shore of the ocean. And he said to him, you please don't give up chanting your mantra, always chant your mantra. He said, chanting your mantra is 
service to Jagannath. So all types of pomp and arrangements can be there for the service of the deity. That also service, but chanting the mantra, that this is a real service to the deity. Try to enter into that, what I've given you there. And he said, in Puri he told him, chant this mantra. He'd already given him the mantra. He said, you keep chanting this mantra, and I give you the benediction. You will realize yourself as a cowherd friend of Krishna by this chanting. He told him this in Puri. Very special place. Famous again for prasadam distribution, the extraordinary mercy of Jagannath. Prabhupada once said, Jagannath, he's uh, 80% merciful. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, 100%. Nityananda Prabhu, 108%. <laughs> and Jagannath, 80% merciful. Ramanuja Charja was commissioned by the Lord from within his heart to upgrade the worship in all of the major temples of India, Vaishnava temples. So he went around to do that, to refine the vidhi. When he came to Jagannath Puri, with this in mind, he took rest at night and woke up in the morning and he was hundreds of miles away. I didn't know how he got there. It said that Jagannath picked him up and threw him there. And Jagannath told him in a dream, that's all right, I may have told you to do that everywhere, but everywhere but here. Don't change the standards here. The standards there were questionable from Ramanuja's Brahminical point of view. Jagannath has some worshippers who are not very refined in some respects. And even today, in a different sense, of course, the temple is run by persons who are of questionable character. But Jagannath is accepting the worship. Gopal Kumar himself said, I went in the temple, at one point, this is before he became the king there, I went in the temple and I got beaten by the guards. He got beaten because he went in the temple, he took the darshan, and his nature was coming out. And he was relating to Jagannath in such a way that he seemed unbecoming before the Supreme Lord of the Universe in the eyes of the temple guards. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself had a similar experience. When he arrived at Puri and came into the temple of Jagannath, he fell in a faint. And the guards came to beat him, thinking, you don't lay down in front of the deity and go to sleep and start frothing at the mouth. Some madman has come in crying like this, wailing. You're supposed to go to the deity to overcome your emotions. Not that you go before the deity and wail and whine, I lost my wife, I lost my son, I lost my job. Not like that. <laughs> so anyway, they were ready to beat Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but the news was brought to Sarvagoma and he went and saw, well, this is something very special, he's in a spiritual trance. Hold off. And he had him personally taken to his quarters and so forth. So in a similar way, this Gopu Kumar, his nature started to come out in relation to Jagannath, and this was not something that the guards understood. They beat him. And he went out and he said, but I took it anyway as their mercy. I just accepted it. This is pretty much the standard. We just accept. These people have the charge for whatever reason. Jagannath has them there. They may abuse us. That's all right. Nowadays I hear they've actually made an arrangement that Western people, or non-Hindu, from their point of view people, can view the Jagannath, the deity of Jagannath. They've made some kind of a platform where you can go up and, and have darshan without going into the temple. But of course, on the Rathiyatra day, everyone can have darshan. Even go up on the carts, possible. So, it's a very extraordinary mystical place. It's Dwarka, it's Kurukshetra, it's Vrindavan, Mathura, not different from them. It's the place in which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu showed how to enter into the Kirtan at Navadvip 
which is synonymous with Vrindavan Leela. His Leela begins in Navadvip, in the house of Shiva's Thakur, and it winds up in Jagannath Puri, showing us how to enter into that kirtan, that as you may remember, no one was allowed to enter except the eternal associates of Mahaprabhu. The secret is to enter there, and Jagannath Puri is the key, what Mahaprabhu showed in his Vipralamba, in his Antilila, the way to enter there. So it's a very significant event for us, Ratyatra and Puri, a very important place, and very deep, very esoteric. When we were going to the San Francisco Ratyatra in early days, we didn't understand all these things. We didn't have all this knowledge. We had sincere hearts and chanted, and I had very, very deep spiritual experience in the first Ratyatra, the second Ratyatra. What we did was we worshipped Lord Jagannath, we chanted all day long, Hare Krishna Mahamantra, and distributed prasadam widely. Thousands of people came. That was the whole program. Five to ten thousand people would attend. And they knew less about it than we did, of course, but they came and took prasadam and chanted and danced with us. So we didn't have a lot of externals to draw the people in. Neither we had a very deep internal understanding of what the festival was about, but we had a sincerity of purpose. And we did Namsan Kirtan, which is the essence of all spiritual activity. As I say, in 74 and 75, Prabhupada also came, and that took it to new heights for me, and I'm sure for many of the other devotees as well. And over the years, the Rathiyatra in San Francisco has not been as well attended, it has not been as spiritually vital, and it has been an ambition of mine to revive it, participate in it, although I'm not a member of the institution that holds the festival. And it was only in the last year that I was invited to the Rathiyatra after speaking about it with some feeling at one talk I gave in San Francisco, and my sentiments about it apparently touched the hearts of some devotees who canvassed the organizers of the festival, you should invite Tripurai Marsh to come to the Rathiyatra. So they did, and I went. And that desire of mine was given new hope. It was kindled, and I didn't know how it would be realized, but my hope was, and has been for some time, to have a festival surrounding the Rathiyatra in which many devotees come together from different organizations to discuss the significance, the theoretical significance of the Leela of Rathiyatra and perform kirtan, and then enter into the kirtan with the same purity of heart that we did in early years, the same enthusiasm for chanting, but with deeper understanding. And, and after so many years, it's been a long time now, gathering so many of them together and so forth. And so with this year's Rathiyatra coming around, again, the desire began to percolate in my heart, and I thought how to do something like that. And kind of uh, on a spontaneous godbrother of mine was here, Keshu Bharati, and he was visiting with us, and he mentioned that Radhana Swami would be coming to Rathiyatra, and I thought, oh, I should invite him. He told me Jayadvita Swami would be coming, oh, I should invite him, and we should have some program here. And Balabhatirtamarsh's schedule happened to coincide with the Rathiyatra, so I thought I should invite him. And So I started thinking about how to do that, and uh, I talked about it with the devotees here a little bit, and gradually, as it usually happens, some began to take some shape within my heart, and so... It's come to this now. There will be some devotees coming in a small way. This ambition of mine, this ideal of mine, will be realized. Hopefully it will be successful and, and we can do it year after year and for an extended period of time because in a few days we hardly have enough time to talk about everything there is to talk about regarding the Rathayatra. You can see it here at the start and there's so many things to say. 
And it's my conviction that if we can encourage many devotees to come for Ratiyatra in San Francisco for an esoteric experience of the inner significance of Ratiyatra above and beyond anything else, that that will have the greatest potential to draw a favorable response from the public more than anything else that we could do in terms of meeting them on their ground, so to speak. In other words, we can use our intelligence to find common ground to meet people on whereby we can introduce them to Krishna consciousness. I wholly understand that and agree with that. As long as in the course of doing that we don't end up on uncommon ground from Krishna consciousness ourselves and get carried away into waves of the world. But at the same time, to quote a statement of Prabhupada, purity is the force, I have confidence in that. And if a thousand devotees would attend this Rathiyatra all in devotees and saris hearing and chanting, it would probably make the front page of the San Francisco Chronicle, as it used to, whereas now it's probably just given a small paragraph. Krishna devotees gather and, and so forth with garage bands and, uh, and so on. So that's my ambition and pray that Jagannath Swami will be pleased with me. He's been very, very merciful to me in the past. We go to the festival to dance for Jagannath and I was blessed many years ago with the Lord Jagannath dancing for me in Los Angeles one evening and it very much, as you can imagine, moved me and humbled me. And I saw Lord Jagannath dancing, all three of them, on the altar late in the evening. We had a late night artic about 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night. I was just one of the few people in the temple. And, and then after that I ran into a, we had a car, a van. There was a car or a van in the parking lot. I ran into the van and hid myself in the back, like under the seat, and cried and cried and cried. I felt so blessed by Jagannath Swami that he could show me that he had life in such a way. So he's shown some favor to me. And so I feel obliged to try to render some service to him. And an opportunity is coming to me. So this means a lot to me. As I said, we should not look for Krishna. We should look for service to Krishna. And he may show himself to us when he wants, on his terms. And when he shows himself in that way, We'll never forget. Someone has written something recently asking how we can conceive of the form of Krishna to be eternal, full of bliss, full of knowledge. In his question, he's, how can we conceive of something that's a form of bliss, knowledge, eternality? And he, he said, does it mean that I've never really seen him even though I've seen pictures? The answer is yes. That's part of the answer. Yes, we've never seen him. When he shows himself to us, Sevan Mukei Jivado Swayamevus Pratyata Atahasi Krishna Namadi Nabavet Grayamindre. He cannot be seen by these senses, but when he shows himself of his own accord, pleased by serving ego manifesting within us and enjoying spirit going away. And this serving ego is synonymous in the language of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur with humility, which Mahaprabhu so much emphasized, Janada Pisunichana. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur defined humility as absence of the enjoying spirit. But you think about how you enjoy hearing yourself talk, saying something so that other people will think you have some knowledge in so many subtle ways, or to speak of gross ways, that we find ourselves riding the waves of the Bhava, not the Bhava Sindhu, but the Bhava Sindhu. The ocean of material emotions and enjoyment. Don't ride that. That is capsized. That is, <laughs> that is a lost cause. 
You have to push that aside, push that aside, that enjoying spirit that repels Krishna. By imbibing the serving spirit, he will show himself to us. And when he shows himself to us, then we'll know. We have some idea of what it means. Looking upon him, one's vision is never satiated. How Gopis could curse Brahma that he gave eyes that blinked. And for a split second, they could not see his form. So beautiful. And Jagannath, beautiful, charming. Shamsundar Mahaprabhu saw him in this way, but with big eyes. Big, big, big lotus eyes. And what's he looking for? Devotion. In the Ratayatra, he's following Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's devotion in the mood of Radha. Mahaprabhu is dancing and Jagannath's eyes wide at that, at that kind of devotion. We can capture his attention. It means he will look at us. We can try to look at him all we want. But if we can act in such a way that he will open his eyes wide and look at us, then we will see him as he is. So we should try to find some service. So now we're getting some chance to do some service to Jagannath. Here in San Francisco, where Jagannath was first to manifest and serve Vaishnavas who are all coming to worship him, our position is so extremely fortunate. People will go, even Gaudiamat has a branch in Puri, and if they have some little service they get to do for Jagannath that's been given by the Brahmins, even these, they are better devotees than from the people taking care of Jagannath. And these people are in charge of who gets the service. This is Jagannath's arrangement. And they have some little service that they can do for the temple. Oh, the delight of the mat. We get some small service. We have got some great opportunity. We should understand like this. Falling on our heads. So many devotees will be coming. And this is our opportunity to experience one of the reasons that we have our Darya, to have an opportunity to host Vaishnavas and serve them. And then again, in connection with Ratayatra, service of Jagannath, if you put yourself in the right space to try to understand and orient yourself properly, then you can make so much advancement over this next coming days. When I first went to Ratayatra, for the first time we drove up from Los Angeles, so many devotees, and when I arrived there, there was a kitchen detail for serving in the kitchen. And so I was asked to serve in the kitchen. So I served and served. We were cooking so much prasad and so much prasad. And then the procession went and I had a service so I couldn't go on the procession. Now you can imagine the, the kind of feelings that one would go through. And so excited to go but then couldn't take part in the procession itself. And but anyway, I just took, I had an opportunity for service. I'm here for serving. Jagannath Dave has given me this service. So when we got there, I don't know, I think we went ahead, set up the prasadam tables or something like that, and then the procession arrived and so forth. And when it arrived, the kirtan went down into the park, and I was up at the top where people would walk by naturally, and I was serving prasad, but, and I so much wanted to enter into that kirtan, just enter into the kirtan. But I didn't look up. I didn't even look at the kirtan. I just kept doing my ser- serving, serving, serving the prasad. And then I looked up by chance for some reason other than trying to. And the whole place turned into Vrindavan. And someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, you can go to the kirtan now. <laughs> I, went, I went to the kirtan. And I entered into the kirtan and got lost there. And So, depend on Lord Jagannath. He will not miss a thing. If you have a serving attitude, he will take notice of you. 
and share something about what Rathiatra is with you. And it's beyond what we can talk about. We can talk about it from so many angles of vision and quote so many verses and so on and so forth. But that's only as good as it helps us to chip away at the enjoying ego and replace it with the serving ego. Because that will reveal something real and substantial to us about this festival and this leela. So we stop there and go to our take. See Jagannath Swami ki jai, Go Nityananda ki jai, Go Bhaktavinda ki jai, Go Premanandi.